Welcome to North Church. We are excited that you're here with us today. In just a few minutes, the band is going to come out and lead us in a few songs of worship, followed by one of our North Church Bible teachers, who will share a message to inspire and encourage us to go deeper into our walk with the Lord. All in all, you can expect our service to last about one hour. If right now you have questions about what's going on here at North Church, visit us online at northchurch.net. There you can scroll to the bottom of the page, click on e-bulletin, and there you'll find out all the latest happenings here in North Church. If after service you still have questions, we want to answer them. We have an information center out in the lobby where you will be greeted by a happy volunteer who would be able to answer any of the questions you might have. And don't forget to visit the coffee bar. We have a great team out there who's willing to make any of your favorite espresso drinks. We have hot drinks, cold drinks, and all your favorite pastries. And it's all supported by your donations. Here in North Church, we believe in connecting people into healthy and growing relationships. One way we do that is through our Equip classes. Equip Fall Session is starting on Monday, October 23rd. And this session, we have a variety of different classes for you. We have a Stand with Refugees class a parent discipleship class, and a James group, which gives you the opportunity to dive deeper into the book of James. If you want to learn more information about this or to sign up, you can visit us online at northchurch.net on the events page. There you'll be linked to the different classes. We hope that you get to be a part of this year's fall equip. Here at North Church, we believe in developing leaders inside the church as well as in our community. Now, you may not feel like a leader, but what we consider a leader is somebody who is intentionally developing someone else in their spiritual walk with the Lord. For all of you leaders out there, we have an event for you. It's Multiply. Multiply is on October 8th at 5.30. It's a time where we get to come together, be encouraged, inspired, and equipped to go out and do the work that God's called us to do. So make sure to RSVP online, and we can't wait to see you there. The annual harvest party is coming soon, so mark your calendars for October 31st at 6 o'clock here at North Church. It's a time for families with kids, babies to 12 years old, to come, have fun, eat food, play games, and of course, eat some candy. So make sure to come and visit us on October 31st. Parents of North Kids, this one is for you. If you have a kid in our kids' ministry, we have a new parent queue out this month. Parent queues are a resource that we send home to help take the conversation home about what we talked about on Sunday morning. There's ideas about how you can implement the conversation in bedtime, bath time, and on the drive home. So make sure to grab one from your room leader. If after service you're in need of prayer, go ahead and step forward, and a member of our prayer team would love to agree with you in prayer. And don't forget to check in to North Church on Facebook. Every five check-ins provides a book for our church planters in Indonesia. We're going to go ahead and sing, so would you please stand? Good morning, everybody. Happy October 1st, fall crisp day. So good to be here. We're going to sing.
Awesome. Well, good morning. Welcome to North Church. Glad that you are here with us this morning. My name is Nathan. I am our youth pastor here. And if you find yourself here and you're brand new, 
or maybe you've been coming for a little bit but just have not been connected, I would love to meet you directly after our service at our first connect. We love seeing people come in uh, to our church here, find relationship, and worship God together. So over here underneath this monitor, directly after our service, I would love to meet you if you are new. Why don't you go ahead and turn, meet the people around you, and welcome each other this morning. morning again. So glad everybody's here. Good morning. morning. All right, now I'm feeling better. Hey, I wanted to remind you of our multiply dinner for those of you who are leaders in the church or uh, would like to learn more about leadership uh, or how you become a leader in the church. Just come to this. It's the uh, leader gathering of our church. It's next Sunday. Uh, My friend Kurt Bubna from East Point Church, uh, lead pastor there, will be sharing on leadership. And uh, so we'll have a time to eat at 5.30 and then hear from Kurt, have a time to worship. It's going to be a a time to just equip and inspire you because you pour out a lot and you give a lot away and serve others. So we want to pour back into you. So make sure and sign up for that today so we know that you're coming and we'll have enough food for you. Hey, another quick thing is uh, we're going to have a class. It's a two-week class coming up on October 23rd called Stand with Refugees. And so World Relief and our church are going to team up, do this class. It's, again, just two weeks. I'll do the first session. They'll do the second. And uh, we want to talk about uh, kind of what's going on with the refugee crisis in the world. Uh, you, I'm sure, have heard just how severe this crisis is in our world. I mean, it is a, it is a crisis of huge proportions right now. Last year uh, alone, 60 million refugees from all kinds of uh, different countries Uh, that are experiencing war and experiencing persecution. Uh, It's just incredible. And matter of fact, I read one statistic that said every every minute, 24 new people are displaced from their homes. Now, in the U.S., we receive, I don't know, depends on the year and the president and all that, but about 60,000 refugees in a year. And so out of the 60 million, that's 0.001%, that we're able to assist and help. And so those uh, that are being persecuted and those that are fleeing places that are unsafe and, and uh, difficult, uh, where murders are happening, people are being raped, children are, are being uh, put to death. And so they, they escape out of their homeland, they make it to a second country, and then they end up here as a third country after a, an extensive vetting process. And so for the very few that do make it here, make it in Spokane, what's the responsibility of the church, of a Christian, towards our refugee brothers and sisters? And so we want to talk about that. What's a biblical response to the refugee crisis happening? I mean, just... Uh, 
uh, if you've been reading in the papers and stuff, just in Miramar alone, just in the last, I think, four weeks, uh, there's been 400,000 refugees uh, that have fled uh, Miramar into Bangladesh uh, because they, they are being put to death and ethnic cleansing that's happening there. 240,000 of those are children. And so it is just crazy what's going on, the evil in our world. And we can make, it, we can make a difference. We can actually help. And so I want to talk about that. So if you're interested at all in this subject, uh, some of you are like, I'm not interested, okay. But if you are, sign up for that class. Make sure and come uh, to the two weeks on the 23rd of October and the 30th. And you can sign up on our website, just on our main page. All right, let's uh, stand up together. We're going to worship God. This morning we have a, a time to celebrate communion in a few moments. And we're going to continue in the series that we're in on vocation. So God, we just pray right now. God, that you would come and you would impact this time. Lord, we're here to meet with you. We don't want to just do church. We're not here just to be religious. God, we are here to connect with you, the God of the universe. We're here, Lord, to grow in our relationship with you. We're here, God, to allow your spirit to speak words of inspiration and encouragement and conviction to our hearts. And so, God, we just surrender our lives to you right now. And we ask that you accept this time of worship in Jesus' name.
singing through that song just the overwhelming sense how good God is that that he came and he died for us that he overcame the cross and the grave and he overcame death that 
we might be in relationship with him forever because he loves us that much. The sense that God's relentless love has no bounds. That you'd be willing to do that with nothing in return. That's how much God loves us. And so when we come together this morning, we get this opportunity to celebrate and remember God for the sacrifice that he paid by taking communion. And out of Luke 22 is the, uh, one of the accounts of the story, which is called the Last Supper, and where Jesus, he takes all his disciples and he's uh, sitting with them uh, in a room. And, and this is the very night that he's betrayed by his disciples, by Judas, and then Peter denies him later on as well. And in this moment, even though God full well knows, Jesus full well knows that one of you is going to betray me, I'm still going to die for you. And what I want to do is I want to break this bread, I'm going to drink this juice, and I want you to remember me. So this is what he tells his disciples in the midst of this betrayal that's about to happen. He says he takes the bread in verse 19, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to them, saying, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. That in spite of this betrayal, Jesus says, take this and remember me. For the love that I'm about to pour out, the grace I'm about to give, remember me. And as I was sitting here just thinking that this overwhelming sense came over me that was, I betray God. I'm Judas. I deny God. I'm, I'm, I'm just like Peter. And in spite of that, in spite of me betraying God and denying Him, that I live a sinful life, God loved me that much and He loves you that much that He died on the cross. And that He's given you grace when you receive it that we don't deserve. And so we get this opportunity to remember the sacrifice that God paid. Remember and not take for granted that we just get to come in, dip a piece of bread and juice and walk away. But here's a time that a bunch of Judases in the room, a bunch of Peters, that we come together and God loved us that much that we can come and remember him for his love. I think that's so amazing. So as we sing this next song, and as uh, you sit and reflect and pray for a moment, maybe your prayer is just thanking God, remembering Him for the sacrifice and the love that He's given you. Maybe for you, it's God, forgive me for, for betraying you, for denying you, for living a lifestyle that is out of what's pleasing to you. And then just when you feel ready, just come on forward and take a piece of bread, dip it, Remember the sacrifice that God made. And then we're just going to worship and praise Him this morning. So let's do that together.
But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness and still in your hands this is my confidence you never failed me yet You're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness.
Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet. we are looking to you father to do something again over and over again lord to draw in those that are hurting those that are lost those that are separated from your grace and your love and we're looking to you god to restore homes and restore people and souls lord we're praying god that you would pour out your spirit in a powerful way in our community drawing scores and scores of people back to you father and lord for every one of us where we've fallen or failed or where we've betrayed you in any way god we want to return to you we want to turn away god from duplicity from hypocrisy from any form of sin and we just want to turn to you jesus and recognize that it's only you that can purify us it's only you god that brings that forgiveness that we need it's only you god that empowers us to live lives of overcoming. And so we pray, do it again. Do it again in us, we pray, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God is so good. His Spirit is just pouring out on us, and I love that. I want to invite you right now, if you brought a gift to give to God, uh, you can prepare that. We're going to have our ushers come and receive our tithes and offering. If you're visiting, don't feel any obligation to give. We're just glad you are with us. But uh, giving is just one of those ways that we get to kind of offer up a piece of our life to God and trusting Him and thanking Him and just saying, Lord, in the most practical way, I'm trusting for the provisions that I have need of as I kind of release some of them back to you. So let's do that together. And I'm going to invite our Surf Spokane team to come on up. go come on come 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 into the light come into the light my people this is uh this, this is this, these are a couple of our board members over here of our service bookend team greg and larry and then this is uh vinnie and kathy vinnie and kathy are directors of serve spokane and uh, they have been the directors of serve spokane now for over 10 years and so today we are celebrating, we just thought, hey, we need to pause and celebrate the good work that God has done through Surf Spokane, through multitudes of people. And uh, just thank uh, our directors and our leaders who have been there faithfully serving, 
over the course of those 10 years. And so uh, let's do it. Let's just thank them. Wow. Well, let me let Kathy say a couple things, just because you know the whole history of Surf Spokane and how it started. That I do. So in 2005, Pastor Mike, Wendy Lombardo, a bunch of people from, from this church were praying about how to, how to see God's love come outside of these doors in a special way into our community. And, and through their vision and their prayer, Surf Spokane was born. We came on board in 2006, spent early part of 2007 trying to assess what are the needs in our community, what would God have us to do. And Vinnie and I and the board began talking about um, some kind of a food ministry. Well, right around February, March of that year, Dan and Joyce Walsh, who some of you may know, um, were praying and they came to a service where Pastor Mike talked about an effective retirement. And after that service, they came to us and said, we believe God was speaking to us. Joyce had just retired, Dan was about to. We want to head up the food pantry. And so those awesome people, which by the way, listen to everything our pastors say during a message, because who knows what God is going to tell you. Um, they, they started in our 40-foot cargo container uh, twice a month. And some of the people who worked with them are actually in our service this morning. But from, they spent five years, grew the ministry, and then the Lord moved them to Davenport. And we thought we would not be able to live without Dan and Joyce. We love and appreciate them so much. But the way God does, he had someone else for the next season. And so Susan Kokinen came to us, and she was interested. And for four years, Susan led the food pantry and brought us into a new stage um, where we've grown incredibly and gone from two distributions a month to 10 distributions a month. And uh, it just we've seen God work in such wonderful ways. We've seen him provide it, with the song we just sang, I've seen him move mountains, I've seen him come through, I've seen his faithfulness, and I could never deny that. Um, Pastor Mike was talking about refugees earlier, and over these last several years, we've actually seen ourselves become um, sort of an international ministry as we help people who come to Spokane, probably the lowest point of their lives. They're making a total new start. They get here with nothing. And so we ser serve people from the Ukraine, people from Marshall Islands, people from um, Afghanistan, and just all over the world. It's, it's been pretty incredible to see. Um, our goal is that when people come in, they would see Jesus, and they would recognize that he cares, that he has answers, that he gives peace, and that he cares about those, those things. He cares that we have a, a something to eat and that our kids are fed. So it's been our privilege to, uh, to serve at Surf Spokane. We are so grateful to the Lord for all he's done, and we are grateful to this church. I can't even, I don't have time to list the ways that North Church blesses Surf Spokane, so thank you. Yeah, thank you. But I just wanted to ask the question, because so many of you have been a part of Surf Spokane, either serving. So if you have uh, served in uh, any of the distributions for food or clothing, or you've helped with backpack giveaways or the Christmas outreaches that we've done or the Thanksgiving or the building or special needs, uh, cleanups, neighborhood cleanups, 
Uh, and there's so many different ways that Serve Spokane has been a part of blessing our community. If you've helped anywhere along the way in that or received something through Serve Spokane, maybe you've been praying and you've prayed for Serve Spokane or given money towards those efforts. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand so we could look around and see the people that are involved in this? And we just want to thank you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your part because it is a team effort that makes this work. Um, but we have a small gift that's back there, Larry. I'm going to let you present it um, for Vinny and Kathy because of their great, uh, just their stick to their faithfulness, their pushing past all the quitting points. Um, they, they have shared their time, their lives way beyond what we could ever give back to them. But a small gift here. So, Vinny. So I just want to read First uh, Timothy three thirteen says those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So Vinny and Kathy, we just uh, want to recognize your service, um, your investment in the thousands of people that have been touched in some way through Serve Spokane, the hundreds of volunteers that you have shepherded and poured your life into the leaders that you have uh, raised and trained and released into other ministries, and the countless hours and weekends and evenings and stresses and the highs and lows of leadership. Um, we're just so thankful to you. As a board member, it's such a joy to serve with you. And uh, we're just so thankful to be celebrating this today. Um, so we just want to honor you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, they told me over the 10 years that... It Serve Spokane has given away a million pounds of food, served over 75,000 people in our community. And uh, so thank you for your great leadership. We do. We want to thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Greg. Uh, and after the service, there is uh, just uh, some cookies out there to celebrate with. They're homemade. I know the people who made them there are delicious. I've already had a couple. I'm committed to eat at least two more. So <laughs> make sure and go out there. Uh, there's four different kinds. Have a cookie. Say hi to some people. There's some thank you notes that are set up out there at a booth. And uh, you could write a little note of thank you. That would mean a lot to those that are volunteering and serving in that ministry as well. And, uh, and there's envelopes if you would like to participate in giving as well. So, hey, um, we're going to dive in now to the uh, third installment of our vocation series. And uh, I have really enjoyed this series because it means so much more than just uh, going to work or doing a better job or any of that. This, this whole idea of vocation is about calling, that you are called, that God has a calling on your life, where you are right now. And uh, we all have maybe a place that we would like to be one day, something we would like to transition into or towards. And so calling is a, 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 an unfolding kind of a thing. It's not a stationary object that we just boom, one day, you know, I prepare my half my life and then one day I end up in my calling. Uh, no, actually, uh, you need to be able to, every one of us need to be able to see that what we do, are doing today is a part of the call that God has on our lives because he's called you and me to be missional people 
on mission with Jesus every day in the everyday of life. We said that a God-intended vocation is work that fits you, serves others, and glorifies God. Uh, last week, Scott talked about work that fits you. And uh, obviously, uh, the work that fits you today may not fit you in five years. And so, as I said, it's evolving, we're growing, we're developing, we're learning. But it's work that fits you, it's work that serves others, and it's work that glorifies God. Today I want to talk about your work as worship, work that glorifies God. What does that look like? That's, that's actually when you think of work as worship. I don't know about you, I've, I've worked in the work world beyond pastoring, those of you who, who may not know, I've, I mean, I've worked as, uh, in food services for like three or four years, and dishwasher and busboy and cook, and I've worked in sales, door-to-door sales and big-ticket item sales. I've worked in a large corporation called IBM, and I've worked in several small company software houses as well. I've owned my own business. I know what it's like to feel pressure, to feel quotas, to feel like I got to meet payroll. Uh, I know what it's like to have the anxieties of uh, people that you're working with, difficult people, difficult bosses. And so work is worship. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, no, work is more of a pain in the gluteus maximus. You know, it's not, it's not, how does it become worship? And I want to talk and unpack that idea a little bit uh, with us today. I remember when my mentality really did change and convert from just going to a job and trying to build a career to where I began to see myself more as a missional person on mission with Jesus at where I was at. I, I, I got a job at a, a small retail computer store in Texas, and I thought it was going to be this great thing. I was promised quite a bit. didn't quite pan out that way in the first couple months, and I was let down. And some of you know that feeling. You have these high hopes. You get into this new area, and then you're let down. And part of it was my pride was a little wounded because I felt like I was beyond where I was at. Some of it was just the incredible dysfunction of the place. I mean, it was like lipstick on a pig. It looked good on the outside, but on the inside, you know, it was just corrupt on the inside. There were all kinds of problems and dysfunctions and all the people were competing against each other. Nobody was working as a team. And uh, people backbiting and gossiping and uh, there was addictions going on. And, and, and I remember just thinking, how did I end up here? This is crazy. This just feels uh, like I'm a victim of bad circumstance. And I would go home every night and I would complain to Tisa. I'd complain to God. Uh, and it went on for a couple months. And finally, one day in prayer, while I was praying, I was just praying, God, get me out of this. And, and I remember distinctly, God said, what if you changed your attitude? What if you went to work tomorrow, prayed up, the full armor of God on, and you went in and, and looked for me to start working in the people and working through you? I want to use you. And so I... I, I, I repented in that moment. I just started, I made a commitment for the next six months. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to just go out on a long walk and I'm going to pray. 
And I began to do that. 5 a.m., I'd wake up, and those of you who know me know I don't like early morning. So 5 a.m., I'm out, it's dark, I'm walking around, I'm praying, I'm praying for the boss, I'm praying for the business, I'm praying for profits, I'm praying for blessing, I'm praying against the evil one and where he was working, I'm praying for the release of addictions and some of the people that were there. And I'm praying that God would change me, change my attitude, change my own uh, thoughts towards where I was at, to begin to see myself different, to look for the Spirit at work. I just begin to pray a lot. And as I walked through that next several months, I began to see God work. And, and two of the guys who were chain smokers, they made a little pact together to quit smoking, and within a month they had quit. I mean, previous to that, man, the whole place was like a chimney. And then... And then after that, the boss started asking questions about faith and about God. And then soon after, about six months later, I was promoted to be sales manager and I had the opportunity to do some training. And so I asked permission if I could use the Proverbs in the Bible as a springboard to teach on ethics and business and training and, and sales and said, yeah, sure, why not? And so I, I was, had that opportunity to start sharing a little bit with the people there in a natural way, in a normal way. And, and people had no concept that the Bible actually spoke to business practices and, and how, to, how to do well in sales. And so I began to see God work. God wants to use you. God sees what you're doing your job, your school that you go to. And he has a calling on your life, and you need to embrace the call. And if you can't see the call, then you need to just start asking God, Lord, show me what you see. Show me the hearts of the people. Show me the needs. Use me. Make me a productive person. Help me be an, a part of the answer and not just part of the problem. You see, it's in our, in our suffering. It's in our difficulties. It's in those places we find ourselves in that we don't like. That's where God has some of the greatest opportunity to break through into other people's lives. Because the world is suffering. The world is hurting. Most of the world dislikes where they work. And so you can be different. As a Christian, you're called to be different. We are called to be different in how we work. Work is worship, provided we see ourselves on mission with God in the everyday. When you see yourself working in partnership with the Lord and for his purposes, it changes everything. If you have a Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. And this is a great passage that speaks to what I'm talking about. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do, wherever you find yourself, at your class, in, your, in, in the place of your business, or your school, or your, where may, some of you work in perhaps politics, or you work for the government, or you work in law enforcement, you work in a service industry, or a nonprofit, where, whatever it is you're doing, do it for the glory of God. That means that God wants us to treat our work as worship. Now, how do we do that? Let me give you a couple thoughts on that from the scripture. The first is this. If we want to work as worship to God, then we got to do three things for sure. Let me give them to you. One is work with integrity. Integrity. Now, the word integrity means undivided. It means complete or whole. What does that mean? Well, it means that we have to stop compartmentalizing our faith. Where we go, when I'm at church, I praise God. When I'm at work, I cut corners. 
No, no, we, we have to see ourselves, not the sacred and the secular, but all one, that we live our lives before God to his glory, and we want to be the same person here as we are out there. We want to be the same person in our home as we are in the office. And God wants us to have integrity, to live with integrity. And when we do, it gives glory to God. It brings God glory. Now, I know I've been in the real working world. I know many of you face these ethical decisions every single week. Decisions uh, about hiring practices, pricing, advertising, pollution control, financial management, and the many different kinds of little lies that we're expected to say or to do in order to get ahead. And yet the Bible has a lot to say about integrity at work. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 15 says, you must have accurate and honest weights and measures so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. For the Lord your God detests anyone who does these things, anyone who deals dishonestly. It matters to God how we conduct our business. It matters to God how we take a test at school. It matters to God how we live our lives with integrity. USA Today had a survey that said 48% of Americans workers admitted to taking unethical or illegal actions. And that same survey reflects that 60% of us have felt pressure to compromise in some ethical way. That makes it tough. We live in a very difficult environment, don't we? It's a tough environment. And so Jesus spoke to his disciples because they were not in, a, in an environment that was very much unlike what we are in today. And here's what he said to them. He said, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Sound about right? Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Shrewd as a snake and innocent as a dove. Somehow we have to know how to blend those things together. That means that he wants us to be innocent as a dove. Approaching our work, approaching our decisions, approaching uh, the, the things that God has called us to do with integrity, with honesty, innocent. And yet we work in a difficult environment. We work amongst people who can feel like wolves. And so we must be shrewd, meaning working with wisdom, becoming better and better at knowing how to negotiate win-win solutions, knowing how to navigate in a work world that is not friendly towards Christianity, learning how to work in a cutthroat environment while maintaining personal integrity. I told you about the store that I worked for in Texas, and I remember, I remember uh, we, there were all kinds of little compromises that were going on, and one particular one, it was like my first month on the job, the boss came to me, and one of the practices that they had was someone would buy software or a game, take it home, try it out, didn't like it, bring it back, and then he was stuck with a loss, right? What am I gonna do, I have to discount it or, just, or, or keep it or whatever? So he had a shrink rack machine back in the back room that he pur purchased just for this reason. Take the old used software that's been returned, package it back up, stick a brand new label on it, put it back on the shelf, and sell it again. 
And so he, and he would ask all the employees to do this. And so he asked me in my first month, hey, go back and do that. Here's some, new so or some old software that came in. And have you ever been in that situation where you're stuck? You're in a group. He's there. You're not sure what to do. Do I just do it? and hope God forgives me, or do I do it and think there's nothing wrong, or do I call him on it and then humiliate him in front of people and get fired? Uh, what do I do? See, we, we need to be in prayer when we go to work, when we go to school. We need to be listening to the Spirit, because we're going to be up against those kinds of instantaneous decisions about what to do. I decided in that moment, um, I can't do that. But what I'll do is uh, I need to get him away from the group, you know, because uh, I'm unsafe in this group right now. And so I asked him, I said, can we just go back to your office and talk for a moment? So we got him back there, got him alone so it wouldn't be disrespectful. And I just said, I, I just have to ask that you release me from that task. I'm not going to be able to do that. It violates my conscience. I'm a Christian. Uh, I'm not trying to play the God card on you. I'm just saying that I, in order for me to make the most profit for the company and work the hardest and do my best, I need to honor God. And so I just, if you'll just release me from this task, you know, I'll make it my goal to make you lots of money this month. And, uh, and he, he tried to talk me into why it was okay, and he had all his rationalizations. And finally, we came to a stalemate, and he let me out of it. And, uh, and I went, whew, and... You know, being shrewd as a serpent, innocent as a dove, innocent as a dove, doesn't mean you're able to go in and renovate the whole business that you're working in or the corporation. You're not going to be able to change everybody to, to conform to your values. But it means that you have to stick with your values and you have to learn how to navigate in a situation. Now, obviously, there's times to blow a whistle. There's times to do things. But we live in a world that's tough. You'll be blowing whistles all day long if you're trying to clean up every compromise that you ever come across. But you don't have to participate in it. So how do you do that? How do we, how do we navigate that? Well, we need to be in prayer. And we need to have a commitment to work with integrity. And we need to try our very best to glorify God while honoring people in the process. All right, the second thing is this. Work with excellence. Want to worship God through my work? Work with excellence. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. You have a light. You're shining a light in a dark world. And the scripture says that your good works will glorify God as we work with excellence in this world. We live in a mediocre world, don't we, that is content with mediocre results and mediocre performance and just get by and just get through and just get my check and just don't get fired. And, and God's way is different than that. It's working with excellence. The quality of your work reflects the quality of your faith. What is excellence? Excellence is not a personality, you know, that person that's the perfectionist personality that annoys everybody and stresses everyone out because nothing's ever quite good enough. That's not a personality. It also is not, excellence is not dependent on resources. Well, I would do excellent stuff if I could get top-end stuff. When we were a church plant in uh, Northwood Mid Middle School, 
We set the whole church up. You were sitting in plastic chairs, hard chairs, kept you awake instead of these soft ones to get you sleepy. And we would set up speakers and the stage, and we had classrooms in the hallways of the school. And we had people, though, that had this value of excellence, and so they would set things up in a way that we did the best we could with what we had to the glory of God. That's what excellence is. The best you can with what you have to the glory of God. And God used it. And lots of people were ministered to through it. It's very cool. Excellence is doing your best with what you have for the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for who? For the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Who do you work for? Who do you work for? Do you work for yourself? Do you work for your boss, your employer? Or do you work with an eye towards, my boss is God, I'm working for God. Do you work hard when the boss is there, but slack off when he takes a day of vacation? Not coming in, not going to see what you do. Christians are called to work as unto God. And so we work with excellence, whether someone's looking or not, whether we get credit for it or someone else gets credit for it. We're not always trying to protect ourselves through it, but we're doing it because it's part of our worship to God. All right, the last thing is this, work with love. Have you ever known a, uh, an honest, hardworking individual who was difficult, or impossible to get along with. I mean, you can work with excellence, work with integrity, but just be a turd at the same time. And God doesn't want you to be that way. He wants us to be people of love. Treating others the way we want to be treated. Mark chapter 12, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. It's the greatest commandment. Loving God, loving people. And our neighbor is not the person we like. It's not the two or three people at your workplace that you like. In the scripture, the neighbor was the Samaritan. The neighbor was the person that you struggled to like. And he said, love like that person. Anybody can love people who love them back. Love the one who's unlovely. Love the difficult one. Love the difficult boss. Love the person who's trying to outdo you. How do you do that? Well, respect is one of the best ways to love in a work environment. Respecting people. How do you do that? Well, treating people with courtesy, with politeness, with kindness. Listening to what other people say instead of always feeling like you got the answers. It means never insulting people, never name call. You know, like our pet names, we get, oh, here comes the wicked witch of the West, you know. It's just avoiding all of the labeling and all of the names and treating people the same no matter where they came from, their race, their religion, their gender, their size, their age. God just says respect people. And as you respect people and show them that honor, it's a great way to love people. Mother Teresa said it this way. She said, wherever God has put you, that is your vocation. It is not what we do, but how much love we put into it. It's not what we do, but it's how much love. We, you notice, I didn't say you need to love your job. 
You don't need to love it. You need to love through it. You need to love people. And as we love people, we're worshiping God. It's a way to worship. We turn our work into worship when we work with integrity, when we work with excellence and bring an excellent attitude to our job, and when we love other people, even those that are difficult. So here's what's fun. When we do those things, we bring glory to God. When we do those things, we earn the right to be heard. And the gospel is a message that leads people to freedom. It's a message of God's grace and his goodness. The gospel is a message of Jesus, the son of God who came to this earth, who lived, who died, who was buried, rose again, and ascended. That's the message of the gospel, and it's powerful. And that message needs to be shared. And so as you become good news at your workplace, you earn the right to share the good news about Jesus, the gospel. How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust, Romans 10 says. How can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? How can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? The gospel is not just a lifestyle. The gospel is a message that God has entrusted to you. And that message needs to be shared with words. Yes starts with your life. That our lives become congruent with what we say we believe. But it has to be added words. The gospel message. The power of God unto salvation. And friend, you are the sent one. You're called to be a missionary at your school, at your workplace. Who is it in your office that's struggling? Struggling right now. Yeah, they, they put their best foot forward and try and put on airs, but down deep, they're dying on the inside. They're fearful. They're lonely. They're hurting. They have a health issue. I get so busy sometimes, I, I, I'm not paying attention. God wants us to pay attention. He wants us to step into those needs and step up into loving people and being available for the Holy Spirit to work through us. So I want to just call all of us to a new place in our work. When we go in tomorrow morning to school or to work, we're saying, I'm going to be a person of integrity. I'm going to be a person of excellence. I'm going to be a person who loves, and I'm going to be on mission with Jesus. And if we do that, Friends, we're going to see change. We're going to see God do it again and pour out his grace and his power in our community. And we're going to see many, many, many people come to know him. Let's pray together. God, we just um, come to you. And Lord, we don't want to just go to work. We don't want to just log time. God, we want to impact lives. We don't want to just pull a paycheck. God, we want to see ourselves on mission with you in things we like doing and things we hate doing. Because, God, you can use us if we'll open up our eyes. And so, Lord, today, Lord, we just turn back to you. Ask, we ask, God, would you cleanse me from my compromises? Cleanse my heart, Lord, from all hypocrisy. 
Help me, God, just be complete, undivided. Help me, Lord, have wisdom at work and to know how to be as shrewd as a snake and yet as innocent as a serpent, as a, innocent as a dove, Lord. I want to be innocent. And yet, Lord, I've got to navigate through some difficult places. And so would you show me how to do that? Lord, just use us as a people, God, at our workplaces, in our schools, as missional people who step up and say yes to you. Here am I, Lord. Would you say that to God? Here am I, Lord. Use me. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that message. What a wonderful word for us to take and go into this weekend where school week, work week, kind of feels like it's the first day of school tomorrow, right? It all starts over but with this newfound picture of what God can do in us in the place that we're at. Maybe some of you are sitting here going, that is not how I've lived my life at my work. I want you to know that the Bible says God's mercies are new every morning, and tomorrow can be a brand new morning for you at your work or your school. Let's go live well this week at work. And remember, if you're new here, I would love to meet you at our First Connect right over here underneath this monitor. If you are in need of prayer, we'll have some people over underneath this monitor to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great week at uh, work and school, and we'll see you next Sunday as we continue our vocation series.